Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Valley Transportation. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 or go to valleytransinc.com for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. This podcast is also brought to you by AgDirect. No matter how you buy your ag equipment from a dealer, auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. Marcus with Chip Nellinger. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 or go to valleytransinc.com for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. And no matter how you buy ag equipment from a dealer, auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. Chip is with Blue Reef Agri Marketing out of Morton, Illinois. And Chip's nice enough to come on and talk about what's going on in the markets. And, man, I'll tell you, with this cold weather, Chip, my uh, my tongue froze up there for a second and couldn't, uh, couldn't say Blue Reef Agri Marketing correctly. <laughs> That's all right. It's a mouthful at times. It, uh, you know, what what uh, what do they say? It just uh, doesn't matter what you call me. Just don't call me late for dinner, right? <laughs> That's right. Exactly. All right, man. So let's take a look at some weather situation here. So you, out there in Illinois where you're at, you guys got about a foot of snow. Um, I guess talk about that a little bit and, and what that event looked like. And, and did you get, was it, was it moisture-rich snow or was it that, you know, fluffy, dry snow? Yeah, it was on the on the fluffier, drier side. Um, we had been, you know, on on the dry side. We'll take the moisture. I don't know if anybody really wants a foot of snow at once, but uh, you know, some blowing and drifting uh, with that. That's probably the. I'm just don't know the exact statistics, but uh, probably the biggest uh, you know one day snowfall we've had in uh, many years here uh, in this part of the world. I remember as a kid in the late seventies, early eighties, uh, you know, wasn't uncommon to have a foot and a half, two feet at once, but we haven't had that for a long, long time. And, uh, so it's pretty big snowfall for us and, uh, we're going to get her cleaned up and, you know, now we're kind of focused on, uh, you know, spring coming pretty soon. It's February. So, uh, you know, that's, it's right in the ballpark here where guys are starting to think about March rolling around. And if it's nice enough doing some field work and, you know, Groundhog's Day yesterday, so mm-hmm. we can have six more weeks of, uh, of sloppy winter weather, or is it going to straighten out a little bit? And uh, that could have a, a direct bearing on you know when planting starts around the country and around here. So uh, we're yep. kind of trying to get to the end of uh, winter here, but uh, we're not quite there yet. Yep. All right. So last couple of days have been 
some pretty big selling taking place on last night. In the overnights, there was uh, some pretty significant um, selling, like just kind of continued through. You know, soybeans were down seven to twelve cents. You know, corn was down four to six cents, and uh, you know, wheat was down five to seven after what happened. You know, during the day, and you just, across the board, just had a huge, huge swing um, in in what was going on there. You know, and. I guess the dollar shot up to over about a, about 175 points or so overnight. So I guess you take a look what's going on there, Chip. We had a pretty good run going, and then uh, you know we had a couple of days of selling here. And uh, I mean, is it just profit taking that we're looking at here, or is there something bigger out there that we're that's blooming on the horizon? Yeah, I, I think profit taking, especially in the beans. You know, here in uh, you know a little less than, uh, or I guess right at two months time, the bean markets rallied uh, three dollars. Uh, pretty straight up the last dollar and a half of that as well. So, you, you know, markets kind of <clears throat> historically want to take uh, or get towards a 45 degree angle of ascent or descent. And we got way above that in the beans, got a little bit ahead of ourselves. And, you know, you started to see that yesterday at the highs, uh, you know, we shot up there about 530 in the morning yesterday, uh, the beating market uh, rallied in 20, 25 cents within a matter of a couple minutes. And uh, that brought in some some profit taking, and uh, wheat and corn kind of started that uh, out. Uh, beans then kind of uh, you know still closed pretty strong yesterday, but seen some profit taking in the overnight. Nothing really changed. I think maybe there's been a sense that there's a little bit of de-escalation maybe between Russia and Ukraine, uh, and maybe that a, an invasion is not necessarily immediately imminent. Uh, I think that kind of maybe relaxed the wheat in the corn market yesterday. Uh, and, you know, the tremendous run higher, the bean market, quite honestly, needed to have a little bit of a break. And uh, and we're starting to see that. It's not unhealthy to have these breaks along the way in a, in a bigger, uh, longer-term bull market. <clears throat> Outside markets also playing into that. You mentioned the dollar. There's been a lot of volatility there. Uh, the stock market has had a three- or four-day rally, but now, uh, you know, it's back in in sell mode again and, and the overnights uh you know see some fairly aggressive selling in the in the stock index uh, futures here in the u.s and so you know good excuse here this morning after a long run higher and in beans especially but corn you know pushed up and challenged uh, contract highs as well let's take some money off the table and uh, you know kind of reevaluate things in the bigger picture though i don't think much has changed um you know the the world is still focused on South America, their production estimates continue to shrink. Their weather is not uh, a great forecast. Fairly arid, fairly uh, hot, uh, you know, over the 10-day period. So they're not going, uh, you know, ending their season on a on a real great note uh, down there. Harvest is slowly advancing in uh, Brazil. <clears throat> Been a little bit too wet in areas of the north. Um, you know, kind of possibly affecting yields, affecting quality. Uh, possibly affecting soy oil content uh, there. Uh, the market's looking ahead to this February crop report that we've got uh, about a week out. And, you know, we'll get an update probably most importantly on world numbers. But I think the market is is kind of trading well beyond what the USDA is going to say there. USDA usually takes a measured approach and they have been dropping those South American estimates. But I think the market is, is well past where the USDA is going to uh, put those projections and uh, so, you know, kind of back to the fun and games of uh, outside markets, uh, you know, maybe a little bit negative here in the very short run and uh, longer term world supply has has shrank. 
but uh, you can't go higher every day. And we're seeing a little bit of a correction here. Mm-hmm. And I would expect that that correction would uh, eventually find some support here, especially if you'd happen to push March corn, uh, you know, down closer to six bucks, trading about 615, 616 right now. Uh, you know, I, I just, I think anywhere close to $6, you're going to find a lot of end user, good commercial buying. <clears throat> and on these beans, you know, anything back down towards 15 uh, or if we slip under 15, currently trading about 1532, I think you'll find uh, some good support. But as we've gone up, you know, this volatility is going to increase. It wouldn't be anything to see, you know, a dollar break in beans off the highs. You know, you're already 50 cents into that uh, nearly uh, from the highs uh, overnight yesterday. And, you know, when you get to these levels, you, you typically see dollar and a half, two dollar swings in the bean market. And, and even if we haven't seen the highs yet, um, you're going to see a great increase in volatility in here. So that should be something we uh, expect over the coming months is uh, big swings like this. I think this is only the start of it. Yep. Okay. So let's talk about energy for just a minute. When you look at what's going on with the energy market right now, I mean, oil's down over a dollar. Uh, front month contracts are down over about a dollar. You've got obviously this natural gas situation. Um, article I read this morning uh, had to do with. Uh, you know, Europe's hoping that they don't run into an energy crisis with the winter. They've kind of got a, uh, a reprieve from some cold weather, and you know, Russia still uh, sending some stuff via the uh, pipeline in Russia or Ukraine across the way. So they're still they've bolstered that a little bit. So they're they're hoping that they have enough, but that's you know, never hopes never get strategy. So I guess as you take a look, what's going on in energy right now? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think a lot like uh, the grain markets, you know, crude oils had a, a huge run higher here, um, you know, kind of uh, got up close to that $90 level. Uh, you know, natural gas, as you mentioned, has had a, a, a big run higher uh, as well. And in my mind, I, I think, you know, and we've talked about this uh, on, on podcasts that, uh, you know, you look at crude oil market, look at that chart, and that'll tell you whether the U.S. has uh, inflation or not. And, you know, certainly, uh, uh, you know, uh, December, we were trading uh, in the low to mid 60s. And, you know, I think uh, at the highs uh, yesterday, we fell just just shy of $90. So uh, that is what uh, the only thing you need to yeah. know about inflation right there. Now, I like the bean market, it's been pretty straight up. There hasn't been really uh, many major corrections in the oil market for the last, uh, you know, $20, $25. Could you correct this thing five, seven, eight dollars? Absolutely, and still, you know, maybe eventually be on the way to a hundred dollar plus crude oil. And um, you know, some of it's structural, some of it, uh, you know, is is real. Some of it's money flowing in. Some of it is uh, the the rapid shift to green energy. There's been kind of a um, you know disinvestment uh, in you know the energy, the traditional uh, you know carbon based energy markets. And, you know, natural gas kind of all of a sudden has a, a bad name to it, right? It's harmful for the environment. And, you know, um, crude oil producers are having a tougher time getting financing. Um, and, you know, I mean, it, you, you know what the end result of that's going to be, right? Yeah, they're, exactly. they're not going to produce as much. And yeah. so it shouldn't be a shock that this is, um, you know, where we end up and throw some you know, bullish things in there, the Russia-Ukraine tensions, the cold weather in, in Europe and, you know, shutting coal and nuclear power plants down. And all of a sudden we have an energy crisis. And, you know, it seems like 
some awful smart people seem shocked at that. But, um, you know, on the other hand, it almost seems like it's uh, orchestrated uh, in a lot of regards to speed this green thing up uh, a little bit. But uh, I think same thing in the energy markets. we got a problem started, Um, you know, look at crude oil as long as it stays, you know, in the in the 70s and doesn't, uh, you know, maybe break $80, say, in the short run here. I think it's just going to be a, a break that gets bought, and you know, there's nothing to say that the uptrend uh, has been uh, broken yet. Natural gas, you mentioned, that's going to be wildly volatile, and it has been, you know, down pretty sharply here um, today. But it's had a huge run higher, and so bigger picture there for the foreseeable future. You're probably not going back down to those recent lows from a couple months ago anytime soon. Uh, in natural gas, especially if you'd see, uh, you know, a real re-escalation of this Russia-Ukraine situation, because that's, uh, you know, huge, not only in the grain markets, but uh, inter- world energy markets as well. Yep. All right. Let's talk about what's going on over in the protein markets. Uh, box beef prices are, are continuing to get weaker. Um, oh, let's see. Article I read this morning looks like, uh, you know, choice box beef and select was down 65 cents on Wednesday, and it continues a recent slide to wholesale values. Um, basically, also, there's just a, a big swing there as you take a look at that. So I guess as, you, as you're looking at the box beef prices comparatively to, to the report that came out last Friday, basically talking about the U.S. herd and what that looked like being lower than it was a year before, you would think that the box beef prices would, would kind of firm up there a little bit, but that's not the case. Yeah, I think there'll be a, a lag there. I, I don't think that that inventory report, <clears throat> you know, maybe has an immediate effect on on box beef prices. Mm-hmm. Uh, box beef has had a huge run higher here, so um, it, you know, seeing a little bit of a, of a correction there. I think the futures, the, the live cattle futures, did have some some buying after that report. It, I think it was largely expected, but still underscores the fact that you know the drought situation that uh, is ongoing in the. Uh, in the West uh, has led to a multi-year reduction in, you know, heifers, slowed heifer retention down, a lot of cow kill. Uh, and, and I think eventually there's no question you're going to see the, the effects of that. And, and so I think you saw some buying there in the, in the uh, live cattle futures. Uh, feeders have kind of caught fire here with the corn market breaking back the last couple of days. And, um, but, I, you know, I, I think we are into some new contract highs here. Some of these deferred live cattle futures, there's good profitability there, even with increased feed costs. And we're not going to go higher every day. So, right. you know, in the very short run, I think from a producer standpoint, you're looking at some levels here that, uh, you know, warrant, um, you know, maybe some hedging. I think there's some other things going on here. Um, you know, this trucker situation between yeah. U.S. and Canada, um, you know, there's a, a big beef trade there. And so, that's a little bit uncertain, and and uh, I'm not sure how that's going to play out. But you know, it just does not take much of a disruption in you know the the flow of of our meat supply to cause some big problems. And you know, that's I don't know whether that's going to be bullish, bearish, or how that's going to play out yet necessarily. But you know, this Canada U.S. truck situation is uh, is probably not good overall for uh, for any of us yep. in in any industry yeah that's true the uh the trucker situation is uh it's escalating faster than it's de-escalating it's there's there's just 
they're they're piling into Ottawa there, and they've pretty much shut down the city. As, from what I can understand and what I've read, they've pretty well blocked things off to where they've slowed everything to a snail's pace there. So more to come on that. I mean, we'll have to pay. Well, you got to dig to find that news because they're not putting that out no. uh, for yeah. public view. You got to. Yeah, you really got to. You got to dig for that. Yeah, it's kind of shocking, and that something like that's going on, and they're not covering it, but. That's another topic, Chip. <laughs> so <laughs> it definitely is. That's a whole nother two yeah, hour podcast. That's Casey. exactly right. So, well, good stuff as usual, Chip. Folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what you're doing at Blue Reef. What's the best way to do that? Yeah, best way is just call our office 309-550-7213. Love to chat with you. Love to talk to you about uh, what your plan is and how you might be able to improve and uh, you know on developing a plan and executing on that plan because. As these markets have shown the last couple of days, this volatility is uh, for the short run here to stay and probably going to increase as we go forward into this spring and summer. Yep, absolutely. Well, thanks for being on the podcast, Chip. You bet. Thanks for having me, Casey. Right on. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast. Also, go to movingironllc.com for everything Moving Iron related. Um, check out uh, information will be up here for the Moving Iron Summit coming up in Nashville, Tennessee, September 6th, 7th, and 8th. All that information will be available here shortly. So with that, I am Casey Seymour with Chip Nellinger. Let's go some iron, folks. Out. Axon Tire is going to have more tips, tricks, and client advice throughout the year and in September at the Moving Iron Summit in Nashville. If you're looking to sign up for the event, please head over to movingironllc.com. We hope to see you there. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 or go to valleytransitinc.com for all of your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. And no matter how you buy ag equipment from a dealer, auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. Yeah.